Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm joined uh, this uh, this morning uh, by a singer-songwriter, uh, experimental artist who um, has made a lot of really interesting and lush music that plays with fantasy and uh, um, Prague and uh, all kinds of, yeah, just a uh, blending of really cool styles and concepts. Um, but uh, her latest release is called Paradise Now. It's a single that came out in October. Um, but she also uh, dropped, uh, the last record was a collaborative effort with Riley Walker called Papaya in a Hound's Tooth. Um, you, uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited to talk to her about her passions, artistry, and why she does what she does. Thank you very much. Kendra Plex. For Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. How did this I do? Is... How was that? Was that a good intro? Yeah, that was really good. You you handled like the different aspects very considerately and thoughtfully, and I that was perfect. You did Thank great. Thank you. Oh, I well, good. I well because you like uh, you know experiment with a lot of different forms of storytelling in your music um i really had to be intentional with how the verbiage i used um which is Nailed my it. favorite favorite kind of artist to uh talk to for sure oh, cool yeah. um so to start kendra how are you doing i'm great right before you called um i was playing organ i can't i don't know if you can tell i'm leaning on my Oh, Oregon here and I got this okay here's like too much I don't know if you could have too much information in an interview but I'm doing great because I was playing this Oregon before you called and I finally got my reel to reel machine that you can't see in the glare oh sure I got this hooked up for um oh. analog tape delay so I was doing like organ delay tape delay arpeggios right before you called which is like so um hmm. euphoric i could be better <laughs> <laughs> good um i'm glad uh you had a, a powerful start to your day <laughs> yeah thanks yeah no that's dope i uh, got some breaking and entering work done this morning nice nice and then i uh yeah drink a couple cups of coffee and uh, here i am i'm fucking me, pumped me too yeah i had a couple cups and i'm fucking pumped hmm. now i'm drinking a cherry bubbly yeah i was thinking like what if we're both drinking cans of beer yeah i'm having a um one of these things bubbly water oh yeah yeah look wow okay well we're uh <laughs> drinking competitive brands here <laughs> oh let's duke it out yeah yeah, we're going head to head here. Um, so Kendra, what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. Mm. And so um, we met from shows uh, for sure. Um, yeah. but I remember specifically we uh, talked and I got to see you perform uh, about a year ago now. It was mm. the weekend before lockdown. It was the that day-long event at Cactus Club that Ryan King uh, helped mm -hmm. uh, curate. Mm -hmm. And yes. I um, interrogated, 
yeah, interrogated you about um, your music and mm-hmm. uh, what you were up to. And does that feel like a year ago to you? That feels like a month ago, but it also feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, yeah. I it time has just been a blur. Like when I when people say last year, it still feels like they're talking about 2019. Right. Yeah, it kind of, I don't know, it's like we're on a, a totally different kind of clock. I think I got this watching a late night show, but whoever the host was, was talking about how we're in like a different period of time now. There was like BC, AD, and now we're on like year one of the, the next measurement. And it kind of feels like that. Right. Yeah. New planet, new time. BC before COVID. Oh, BC too. Yeah, right. I know. Um, yeah, it's it's strange, but um, but yeah. I mean, I was uh, I have still been uh, keeping keeping tabs on what you've been up to. Um, Thank I, you. Uh, bought one of your lovely shirts over Bandcamp a couple months ago. Thank you. Yes. Oh, the one with the computer on it. Yeah. 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 I uh, went on a. Uh, kind of a binge of like okay i have my unemployment now who what are some artists i fuck with that uh, are selling shirts like i'm trying to like wear these artists out and you were one of them thank you so much i'm so honored did i do you know the story behind that design uh no but i'd love to hear it so i started experimenting with midi guitar uh, I guess it's been a couple of years now, like having a MIDI pickup on my guitar to play synthesizers on the guitar. And one of the early, maybe at first or very early artists to do that was Pat Metheny. And there's this really great video of him in the, I forget, eight, late 80s or early 90s where he's on one of those old style computers playing the MIDI guitar. So I took a screenshot from that and and did a a design based on the computer he was using. I just put my yeah. own head in, of course, but nod to Pat Metheny, who I will never be. I'll never Hell be yeah. him. <laughs> well, that's okay because you're Kendra Plux, and that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, well, dope. I uh, will uh, ponder the design further uh, next time I wear it for sure. You guys see the YouTube video? It's super entertaining and inspiring. Send it to me. Okay. So yeah, he's got all this tape on, on his guitar with the the MIDI codes. I think. Cool. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. So Kendra, the mm. question I usually start with, um, uh, just uh, to to take it back, is uh, where where are you originally from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Alexandria, Virginia, which is like a suburb of. DC. And I moved to the Midwest, um, I guess in 2006, I moved to Chicago because I just wanted to be closer to um, kind of experimental music scene, like dance music, jazz, and uh, noise, and just kind of (laughs) experimental music was happening in Chicago. So I moved there, but you know, Chicago's like, for me, was a little like not quite stressful, but it was just kind of like, I don't know. I moved to Milwaukee and I, I love it. 
So I've been here for about six or seven years. Cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm from the Chicago area. I grew up in the South suburbs. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's definitely like, you know, I love Chicago, but it's just so huge and like yeah that's what it is saturated and um I feel like I wouldn't know what to do with myself that's kind of <laughs> why like I didn't pick like a huge college like I went to UWM for college like I didn't want to pick like you know big 10 school or anything because mm -hmm. in that big of a, a C if you will like you just don't really know where to swim um so I love, yeah, Milwaukee I, I love Milwaukee because it's like still a city, but it's like easily easy to navigate and easy to meet people, you know. Hardly ever any traffic. Unless we're talking, of course, uh, going through uh, North Ave um, in the Bronzeville area, because that that strip is a war zone. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't get up there very often. Yeah, I guess when you're driving in the inner city, it's a little mm -hmm. more, uh, uh, drivers are more defensive, for sure. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a video game. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. I always uh, like the car games. Those are my favorite. Oh, me too. I was really into, those were the first video games I was like allowed to play were racing games. Yeah. Uh, PS2, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, okay, so you're from Virginia. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, like, kind of the the role that music played in your life when you were little. Like, uh, what did you listen to growing up, and how, mm -hmm. it, how would it become a creative outlet for yourself? My mom was a singer, performing singer-songwriter, so I had music from an early age, and I guess it's just feels very comfortable for me to participate in music. And my mom had kind of a country um, folk style. I should send you some links to her music. She's under Marge Calhoun. If you Ooh. look it up, you'll find some stuff. Um, so I was just doing music from an early age. I took piano lessons and I didn't really, I wasn't like super inspired by the piano and then like a lot of people that play guitar I started playing guitar as a, a young teenager maybe 12 or 13 and then just yeah I guess that's the background and I listened to country music when I was young just because that's what was around my mom wasn't like super into the 90s country thing she had her own kind of like um unique spin on the twang but yeah just kind of country music was around so that's what I listened to when I started making decisions for myself I was just listening to alternative rock like I don't know Green Day oh, and yeah. then once I got to high school I listened to really a lot of drum and bass and trance <laughs> and uh and like house music too much and then the other thing was tool i was really oh yeah obsessed with tool i'm still i'm still obsessed with tool nice <laughs> cool yeah i had a roommate in college really into tool as well 
Yeah. Um, Dove, it sounds like uh, you uh, gravitated towards such a uh, diverse palette of sounds and uh, ways of expression. And that clearly uh, played out in your own compositions because you do a lot of different things yourself. Yeah, I'm trying to narrow it. I'm trying to narrow it down. I don't want to be too spread thin, but I, spread thin, but I keep being like yeah. inspired by lots totally. of different things. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Um, that's really cool. Um, so, so you, so, um, what was like uh, your first band? Your first like time, like uh, I guess writing songs or playing with people. Um, I, I lived in DC in 2006 and I got an organ, not uh, dissimilar from this one. You know, there, I think a lot of people in the experimental music scene are familiar with the concept of like free organ on Craigslist and then you figure out how to get it home. So that's, I don't know if that's like enough of a thing to be a thing, but anyway, got some organ on Craigslist. I wrote a song called Bear Costume just about getting one and um, going around to different places in it and having different kind of act interactions. That was a, that was a solo piece. Sure. Um, and then when I was in high school, there weren't, there weren't like people that were in bands. So I didn't have a lot of jamming in my younger years. Um, I didn't really play in a band until I moved to Chicago in 06 or 07. And it was like, maybe I could take some of these songs I've been playing around with and more so than playing in a band, I just wanted to hang out with people, like hang out with my friends. So at one point it was like a band of 14 people, just kind of whoever was down to jam yeah. for a little while. Then sometimes bands turn into a broken social scene where there's like, I don't know, fucking 20 people in that band or some shit like that. I don't know. But it's, it's the best. Um, man, I love playing with a bunch of people. It's so fun to like just have fun with your friends in a group around like music. I mean, yeah. oh yeah. God, what's, what's better than that? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's why I love I love shows like at the Jazz Gallery with like mm -hmm. those like collaborative noise shows are Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I I do and it's always interesting to see like which artists from what like different like um pockets of the scene are mm -hmm. like cross paths and decide to collaborate with one another. Like that's always really exciting. Um, definitely been seeing some of that in quarantine, like new projects coming out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I especially love when people that play different styles get together, you know, without any kind of expectations of what a song will sound like or turn into, but just to freely blend different styles of people from different backgrounds. It's just yeah. the best. It is. It. it is. I love that too. Um, when you were in Chicago, uh, what uh, neighborhoods were you mostly in? 
Okay, so I feel like I was moving every year or every couple of years, but I first lived in Humboldt Park and then Ukrainian Village, uh, Logan Square, Pilsen, and Little Village. Mm. Okay, so just different places in those. Yeah. Any of those ring a bell? Oh yeah, well, my homies are in Logan Square. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I've spent a lot of time there. Um, I love that coffee shop. (laughs) Right, yeah. The one one on the corner. It's kind of an an artful, tasteful neighborhood. I would totally live there if I had to pick somewhere in Chicago. Um, but yeah, um, Milwaukee's better. Milwaukee's way better. Well, I I would uh I have no reason to leave here, so I'm gonna stay here. Yes. I'm in I'm in River West now, so cool. Yeah, I love I River on- West. Where are you? I'm uh, in St. Francis, so a little bit, I guess, technically out of Milwaukee. I was actually just down there on Friday. Um, I decided I've been been kind of taking it upon myself to uh, explore some of the parks that I um, just haven't been to. Mm -hmm. I went to Bayview Park right on the border there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, walked down the uh, like the, the path along the lake, and uh, I saw a couple. Uh, mm. I saw a couple seabirds that you don't normally see, um, which was exciting. I'm a, I'm a bird watcher, and like I just really get excited over different what? species. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. I went down to the um, lake with my sweetheart about a week ago, and we were noticing the variety of seabirds there were of course ducks with different kinds of ducks and um two other ones what are they okay geese and then what's the other what's the other common seabird ducks geese gulls oh yeah like seagulls Um, oh gulls gulls yeah there's another one yeah um I always love seeing the geese in Swans, early spring. Maybe. Oh, that would be so cool. Oh, yeah. Well, Even my one folks, of those paddle boats or inflatable ones would have been cool. My folks live in Ann Arbor, and um, I was down there for uh, the holidays just visiting. And mm-hmm. uh, We went to a couple parks that had uh, flocks of swans that are literally... Wow. That are literally like fighting and beating the shit out of ducks and geese that are like half its size for food. Oh shit! Right. I was about to say like, oh, what a what a fairy tale, and until. Oh no! They're yeah no they're like well because like those like little pockets of like the pond where like that are really like uh, that like vegetation heavy like where everyone's feeding like. Mm -hmm. It's like a war zone. They're all just fighting and and like. Okay, we gotta get out there with some stale crackers. Yeah. And like, yeah, there needs to be peace in the. I'd love that. In the pond. Kendra, let's let's go to <laughs> let's go to Gallup Park in Ann Arbor, <laughs> Michigan, right now. Yeah, peace in the pond. Peace in the pond. Yeah. Oh, bring yeah. all your crackers. We're here to we're here to, to unify the waterfowl here. 
Hey, I want to go off topic slightly and ask you, what, you ever been to Float Fest in Ann Arbor? No, I haven't actually. It was a, an event I participated in in Ann Arbor. And it's like you get on a homemade raft and play your set hmm. for some wonderful Ann Arborians on a, Dude, that's sitting awesome. on a hill. I would love that. Yeah, so I can't have any war in the war in the water. Oh, if, right. You know, float fast is going to continue. Your equipment would get damaged. Um, it's precarious. Yeah. Well, is that like a summer thing? Yeah, summer yeah. thing. Well, I'm so the swans might be chilled out by then. I, I would hope. Um, well, that would be super cool. I'm going to be visiting them in June, so. Hopefully, uh, there's some neat stuff going on. Um, so, uh, since um, you've been back here in Milwaukee, you see, so you've been here for like six or seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you kind of get started with, uh, you know, infiltrating the music scene here? Infiltrating. Oh, um, I think maybe I just... I was, I, I was asking Aaron Skufka a lot if I could get on shows. So I would have to imagine at some point he was like, okay, bye. Yeah. No. Right. <laughs> I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's so nice. He's a nice person. I can't remember. I know it's, somebody's going to be watching this and remembering that they're going to be like, ungrateful. I just can't remember right now. But it was like a couple of years in the, I played a show and then something happened where I was playing more and more shows. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I know that um, you, well, actually, let's take it back. So what was your, back. what was your first like um, release? Like, on, like the first music you put out um, into the world? Like, what was your first ever release? Um, in 2006, around the time of Bear Costume, when I was living in DC, I just put a bunch of music on some cassette tapes and I was going as Call Me on the Allophone at that point. And it was mostly, there were a couple of kind of like song structure things and, and a lot of sound experiments. So that was 2006 on a cassette. I only made 10, so I don't know if that's, I mean, that's a release, right? So. Probably worth a lot of money now. I gave it to, yeah, right. Uh, and then I've made like so many short run cassettes with people I've played music with. I can't even keep track in my mind of how, how many times that happened. And then the first time I was on any kind of label was with, FPE Records in 2019, they put a cassette out for me for my pro collaborative project with some friends. What was your band in Chicago called? That was Names Divine. Oh, right. And there was a little, a little bit of that going down in Milwaukee, but now it is like, it's doing the Tasmanian devil of identities, like picking up different ones yeah um and that was like yeah so that was what you were doing like 
into like the 2010s and stuff. Yeah. Is that project, um, like, is it defunct? Or like, um, are you, is it kind of on the back burner right now? Like, where are you at with it? Uh, I've never, I haven't thought to put, yeah, I haven't, I haven't compartmentalized it into any kind of like thing. I guess my, now that you asked me, my feeling is that it's going to, um, it's going to come back in some carnation someday. Cool. I would love to do that again because that means like, that means good times. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, who was, uh, who was playing in the, that project with you? Um, well, the last version was with Sam and Victoria. And then before that, um, Ike and Kalina from Chicago and then Joe Dummett and I mean, a lot of people. Yeah. It goes back to that collaborative, collaborative, like people are in and out and everyone's constantly like, uh, collaborating ideas um yeah yeah so oh yeah um cool so bring it a little closer to the present here so i know you were on uh, 889 two years ago around the time when uh, intuition came out mm-hmm. and you were still going by kendra amali did i say yeah, that amali kendra yeah. amali yeah and so you like gave a really like extensive um <laughs> uh like uh concept um on Bandcamp um and like kind of describing like various like crossroads of ideas for this record and so mm-hmm. I'd love to kind of revisit it uh for a, a sec here and talk a little bit about like you know it's it's very like psychedelic um very like dreamy um you literally like I was listening to some of it before this interview um and like definitely feels like I'm in another like I'm in a fairy tale dimension or something mm-hmm. uh, so mm. yeah so tell me a little bit about like if you want to give a little background to what the idea of the project is of what, intuition yeah well, um, on that record, it is a collection of songs that I had been playing and kind of sitting on for several years combined with some um, more experimental kind of abstract sound stuff. So I guess I was just trying to, I guess I was trying to like fit everything I'm interested in into one project and I'm so grateful for um, the people that played on that record that that helped to you know bring the vision to life especially Sam and Victoria about what where intuition comes from like where the title comes from okay okay I how I was trying to touch on kind of like a a spiritual concept that was that's like accessible to anyone regardless of any kind of 
beliefs in any kind of religion or spirituality. I think intuition is something that everybody can relate to. It's like an inner, it's the inner voice guiding you along, even if you don't hear, um, hear the like guidance or the message in a like literal or clear way. You're definitely right where it's like, no matter yeah what you believe in, like everyone has some sense of like um, drive and like feeling of right and wrong. Um, everyone has like- Like a gut feeling. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, when something, you know, when something is right, you know, when something is wrong, you know, when there are warnings, whether you choose to acknowledge them, you know, that might be like a different layer of intelligence. Yeah. Um, right. It needs to be, uh, you know, like worked with or checked, but. Yeah. And whether it's like everyone has, like everyone has that that um, sensation, but people just have different interpretations of it. Where some, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, where some are like, oh no, this is like God telling me like mm -hmm. do this or that, or um, or people that are super into metaphysical and like um, you know astrological. Uh, beliefs of like this is the zodiacs or this is the uh the energy in the universe like guiding me in some some kind of uh interaction with my my spirit and you know the the energy in our uh, realm if you will which is increasingly becoming adopted obviously um as opposed to organized religion but then there's the people that are like completely like atheist and are just like, oh yeah, no, like the events of the past and things that I've learned along the way are like, like my, my personal accumulation of knowledge and experience are um, uh, driving me to certain conclusions or driving me in to, to make certain decisions. Um, everyone has their own their like, own guess, system yeah yeah and I guess I have a combination of like all three of those mm -hmm. sort of like I've always been kind of like an agnostic existentialist where mm -hmm. you know life is meaningless unless we make meaning out of it and like the whole meaning of life is derived from feeling things mm. and it's so powerful just how art and music in a really cosmic way makes us feel such enriched emotion and uh, um and affects our thought patterns and you know validates us mm. in ways that you know i certainly can't explain i mean maybe somebody who's well versed in uh physiology and psychology might be able to give more explanations of that but my point is like the meaning the meaning that I feel drives me in my own directions in life uh 
or, or the way I look, the, the way I perceive things is uh, so heavily um, influenced by by just constant consumption of ideas and textures and sounds connect different neural passages in my brain. Wow. Uh, and uh, in that way, that's, uh, that helps shapes my intuition, a, a personal inter interpretation of like what, what um, you're describing. Wow, that's a, I've never heard anyone say it quite like that, um, particularly what you said about life is meaningless unless you create the meaning. I'm gonna like bring that to the next, you know, few generations if I survive them. Oh yeah, yeah, ain't that the truth? It's good to be connected to your values and what's important to you because then you have something to align to and that can, or align with, and then that is like your path to joy Yeah. in life. And if you have like values and a path and your intuition is maybe what keeps you um, going down the path in the right direction. Yeah. And it's amazing how sound, AKA, um, uh, airwaves, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just, you know, what, like vibrations in the air can stimulate your soul so much and different arrangements of those, of said, uh, said vibrations um, can evoke so, such a visceral response from you. Um, and that's why I really like experimental music and why I really like noise. Um, I got really into noise like early on into quarantine. Mm, oh, cool. Yeah. You like, yeah, you, you have like the time and the, and the patience for it. It's like something you really have to, in my experience, it's something you have to like deeply patiently listen to in order to appreciate and even hear. Yeah. So quarantine is a great time. Yeah. There's a lot of context. Yeah. A lot of context to it. Can and you recall anything in particular that resonated with you? Now that I yeah. put you on the spot. Sure. Um, well, just from, I mean, I started, I stepped up my role in breaking and entering with like helping publish releases on the site. And so I wanted to bring more noise and experimental stuff on the site. So I listened to a lot of FTAM, like a lot of Peter Woods' work. Um, He's know, a master. Yeah, he, he is a sonic wizard, uh, as I have described him. Um, in addition to a myriad of others, like I listen to other like uh, like Wolf Eyes, um, some. Uh, I love Wolf Eyes. Yeah, yeah. I listen to some uh, Black Dice. Oh my God! Very influential to me. Oh man. Well, I'm a I'm like my favorite band, like bar none is Animal Collective. Um. And like I kind of got into a lot of those like paw tracks bands mm -hmm. and black DC label. Yeah, yeah, uh, gang gang dance as well, um, and just like some of those really like uh, um, abstract and left field artists like on the East Coast there. And but kind of kind of beat driven 
too, like flipping, flipping the beat around. Yeah. Dance I, uh, music. Yeah. And, and I just acrobatic like, dance music. Yeah. And I, I'm thrilled by that kind of stuff. Oh, um, I got something coming for you then. Man, give me all, <laughs> give me all you got. Um, also, uh, got into, uh, when we were t- you were talking about like loops, um, earlier. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to the disintegration loops by William Basinki a lot. Um, yeah, that shit is incredible. Uh, just been listening to um, the caretaker. That's what he was called. Mm. Um, where he he like loops um, uh, repetitious um, sequences of like old really old recordings of music from like the mm-hmm. early 1900s he made an, a project that's like a couple hours i think it's like six hours long or something but it's supposed to represent the gradual deterioration of somebody suffering from dementia and how music mm-hmm. is like one of the last things that um goes um when uh, like in somebody who's uh you know slowly like losing their you know ability to recall things and stuff but music is one of the last things they retain Mm. and that was like the whole concept behind his project but it's like stuff like that like those abstract ideas and noises like never really made so much sense to me until quarantine like like you said i mean court like there's definitely a lot of context of like we need like really intentionally listening and actively listening to things that really kind of stimulate like how we're feeling right now and definitely listening to like noise and drones and Mm -hmm. tape loops and stuff like that have really um it it's helping uh just sort out it's helping me sort out like the chaos and absurdity that has gone on in my mind like you know, trying to make sense of like the political and social climate. And how how much better would would the world be and how much like, you know, it's kind of, it's like an act of creating peace almost to like practice taking time to sit down and listen. You know, there's there uh, there's so many conflicts and so much violence in the world that could be prevented and you know, resolved and worked through if everybody had maybe more of this practice of, of like patience and listening to listen and be like, okay, what's going, uh, what's going on here? Like, why do you feel that way? Why these sounds? Why this? And, you know, once there can be a conversation happening, that's, that's peace. Yeah. And then, you know, war is like becoming, you know, just like going into your emotions and going into a survival mode and feeling fear. You said that was going to be one of the topics of the podcast, but, you know, like war and violence is like a reaction to fear and peace is is like listening and intelligence. Peace is love. Peace is love. It is. Yeah, and, and yeah, and and patience and, and listening. Yeah, like love is, is also love. 
Yeah, love is meaning. Love is... Love is time. Yeah, love is acting with positive intention. Love is acting with community. Love is acting with... Um, acting with empathy. And it, it's so easy. Like, fear is so much more accessible than love. And at least these days. Um, it's also easier because you don't have to stop and process what's happening. You just have to react. Yeah. And, and, and I want to say, like, your instinct would be, like, oh, well, this, that's, that's how, like, so much of the world is acting right now. But to be truthfully, that's how it always has been throughout history. Um, mm -hmm. We're just, it's just so much more magnified because of the internet and the seamlessness of social media and everything is just so much more like um, instantly like accessible that like a lot of us are just a lot more conscious of it. Mm -hmm. um, and as such, like, you know, that like we're seeing just how fearful the world is and always has existed um, in these conflicts and power grabs and, mm -hmm. and like it's all of this fight for power which power is driven by fear as well like it's just so ugly yeah like a, there's like a, a fear of loss or like a sense of scared scarcity right you know where people don't feel like there's going to be enough space for them or enough time to do something and then it it creates fear and like a certain kind of behavior you know it's we always fear what we don't know or what we're not familiar with and many of us live in just such insular individualistic uh mindsets especially here in the u.s of a <laughs> yeah that uh we're, we're just so like daft at just how vast the world is mm -hmm. and how beautiful it is but instead we perceive it as so ugly um just because we're just so indoctrinated with fear that is that is precisely where politics sociology psychology music and art like all that stuff all intersects like we're in the we're right in the heart of the crossroads kendra with this conversation mm. i yeah i feel that the the quarantine i i dabble in like a little bit of paranoic thinking and i've i've had some thoughts like oh the you know the in the united states the quarantine was designed to last and especially a long time because it's creating a division with people. And then um, me even, I can kind of see, I can notice when my worldview is like becoming smaller and smaller because I'm not having as many interactions um, with my community and my extended community, kind of just like a lot of things I consume are like hyper curated for my particular interests. And then I have to be like, okay, feel my worldview narrowing. I have to consume some different kinds of media, different kinds of opinions, like different um, ways of thinking. So I don't get so, you know, I don't get so narrow, but that's really, you know, you have America, which is already very individ 
individualistic culture, I guess. And then, you know, quarantine to Americans, it can become like your view and perception of like your place in the world can become like very narrow and then very, and then you can become like very stubborn about it. Like the longer that you are, your own beliefs are reinforced. So in dabbling in my paranoid thinking, um, it's like, okay, you know, quarantine has been, you know, it didn't have to be a year here. And it was, you know, like, what if that was the goal is to kind of like train everybody to be some kind of Game of Thrones characters that goes back into the world, like is ready to fight for their individual world view. I mean, I don't think that's what happened, but you know, this is well, possible scenarios cross my mind. So you gotta be, you gotta be careful if you're like, you know, I only like um, loops and arpeggios and noise music and crystals. It's like open, open your eyes even on the internet and try to take in some different kind of ideas. Like I, I love all that shit, but I also love, uh, um, you know, Sometimes I want to listen to Bad Bunny. Sometimes I want to Bad listen Bunny's to Bad like, Bunny's cool. Sometimes I want to listen to Cardi B, you know, like Oh, she was great on the Grammys last night. Did you watch? I didn't see it. Yeah. There's uh, yeah, you gotta especially you gotta look up um I gotta check it out. Yeah. yeah, the the set that was designed for that famous song was just it was crazy. Combining individualism with isolation is a recipe for further evil to occur mm-hmm. yeah um so that all being said well thank you for sharing a little insight about intuition thank um you. so next uh your collaboration with riley walker mm-hmm. uh, artist based out of new york papaya in the hound's tooth yeah a hound's tooth a hound's tooth thank you um tell me about um this body of work and just kind of like the concept behind it, how it came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just the process. Well, I have known Riley for several years now, maybe 10 years now um, from music in Chicago. And around the beginning of quarantine, uh, I think I played some sort of super fried MIDI guitar thing on Instagram and he was like let's make let's try collaborating on some songs or you know whatever he said to that effect and then we just traded tracks I think he sent a couple of tracks first that I processed um with effects and kind of rearranged and played over and I sent it back and he had some stuff and I sent him some tracks he added so we just kind of exchanged tracks for a little bit and it was a digital release and then later came out on a tape due to popular demand. And I was kind of stumped adding any kind of words like the song titles and stuff. So that that's all him, whatever his naming system is. And then I created the, the art for it why a papaya? Where did that come from? That's a Riley question. I did, yeah, I didn't. I didn't question it. I just mm-hmm. let it. Yeah. I just let it flow. I would have been. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, well, that's cool. Maybe I'll talk to him someday and I'll ask him. Um, yeah, he's got some new, his label has been very prolific in the last couple of months, releasing lots of records, including um, the new Riley Walker record. Exciting. Good Very time awesome. for interviews. Yeah, I'll, I'll check that out. I'm on it. <laughs> um, so uh, then um, Paradise Now, uh, the single that dropped in October. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about uh, this piece. Um, so I was, it was uh, something from what I was working on in the summer, just composing some synthesizer pieces and um, I've been cutting, I've been doing some lathe cut records. I got a, an old 1920s uh, or 30s lathe to do these um, short run edition records, like cutting the audio onto plexiglass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I just took one of my synthesizer compositions and cut the record and made a very limited edition of those. Oh, and I made some booklets, some 16 page art booklets to go along with it. Um, and that was just inspired kind of by the seasons changing. It was like the, maybe one of the last weekends that I could preserve these images of um, living, you know, like living plant life, like flowers and, and, and leaves um, before the before the winter hit and then compiled those images into a small art zine booklet is it still is, is are there still there are still there's still zines and zine fests yeah absolutely um sometimes i feel like i want to call it a booklet instead of a zine what's the difference well, do you think I um, I know that zines are popping right now. A, a solid alternative to some of the more long form mm -hmm. um, publications, um, especially because like people have just such limited attention spans these days, where it's mm -hmm. kind of good to like compile just a couple things um, mm -hmm. at a time for people. Uh, so I think there's merit to it. Um, I would love to see your zine um, if you want to. Do you still have any extra? I'll, I'd love to take one. I'm sold out, but I'm gonna make I'm gonna make another one. Okay, I'll get the next one. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. Um, well, that's exciting. Uh, that being said, uh, what do you what have you been working on lately? What's uh? Oh my god, I'm so I'm so excited. Okay, so this uh, we discussed a little bit in the beginning in the beginning of the call. How I was recording some. Oregon through some, through this reel-to-reel -reel tape machine, just experimenting with analog um, tape delay. So I was a little bit in your, you heard in your theme song. Yes. <laughs> um, and I have, I've made, I've made so much music in the, in the last year, but I do, I need to get around to like kind of finishing some tracks off. Um, something I'm really excited about is a guitar techno project I'm doing. Um, I mentioned earlier that I was really into 
dance music as a teenager, like drum and bass and dance music and kind of like faster dance music. So I'm really excited to be uh, revisiting that and trying to make a dance type of, you know, like hyper potentially danceable music that incorporates guitar. It's like, I'm finding it to be very tricky and delicate balance to get some kind of like cool aesthetic with both um, guitar and trying to make something fast and dancey. It can go, it can go a lot of different bad places, but you did mention Black Dice, which I haven't thought about in a little while, but that Dice and Animal Collective and, you know, Horse Lords. Oh yeah. Oh my God, they're so they, good. They I think those a are a really good record last year. Oh my God, it was so good. Those are, I think those are some good examples of trying to blend like rock music and dance music. But when shows come back, if shows come back, I want to have, I'm like working on some music to have ready to just like, you know, go berserk with. Um, it's going to be like a bull out of the gates, just like doing backflips type of thing. I mean, that's how I'm envisioning it in my mind. Who knows? how it's going to turn out oh, but that's the i am that's the thing i'm, I'm stoked i'm yes. excited to hear it We're bring back the circle pit with all kinds of uh, yeah. dance moves we've been working on all year oh yeah um they've been coming along having our <laughs> solo dance parties here um yes. yeah yeah no that sounds right up my alley i mean i love just in general i love like weird pop music mm -hmm. uh, and uh, combining yeah like some of that elect the electronics with the more like conventional rock instrumentation um just adding some creative nuances uh mm -hmm. sounds very exciting it sounds like a very uh tasty record that i I'm anticipating now. Yes. So thank you very much, Kendra, for uh, sharing that. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I've been. I've another thing I've been working on is I had some optimistic aspirations to develop my metal guitar techniques and like focusing on speed and precision. And though I'm making some progress with those things, I think it's still probably going to be another couple years or so until I'm. I mean, I'm playing music like six to 12 hours a day, and I still think it's going to be like two years to get where I'm, yeah. get where I'm imagining, but I hope I have some like euphoric squealies to, you know, like burn through your ears. Boy. <laughs> How does that sound? I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> Well, what I like so much about you and your, and like what I admire is that like, you're driven to create in a lot of different avenues of said style. Like- I want to bring it on, I want to get to the crossroads. Yes. Like you were saying, we're going right, to right. I'm on my way to all the crossroads. Yeah, or right. The, well, to the, you know, yeah. one point. <laughs> precisely like well you're you're just like you want to do a little bit of so many different um um styles like i i hate the word genre like i try to avoid it you know um and that's why i like keep saying style is that you 
you're just fusing, you're not only fusing things, but you're also keeping some ideas independent of one another. It sounds like you just have a lot of different concepts that you are interested in playing out on at different points. And in my book, that is a supreme artist. Um, oh, so. I, I appreciate that. I feel a little self-conscious about doing too many d- different things sometimes because people are like, the branding, like nobody's got to understand what you're doing if you don't have like the consistent um, style or like the consistent branding or the strong identity of one particular thing. So well, if you're able to relate to the idea of lots of different things becoming, you know, like as one thing. I really appreciate that. And that makes me feel good. Good. I'm glad. Well, I don't want to confuse anybody. Well, it's not like, sure, your sonic uh, palette might be different, but your philosophy remains the same. You know, your, um, your artistic instincts can remain the same. Like, I mean, that's why like Animal Collective is one of my favorites. Like, you know, they do something, they have a completely different, you know, uh, like fixation on sound and texture with every single record, you know, same mm-hmm. with, same with like, you know, of Montreal is mm-hmm. another very different every time band. Uh, that's, oh, I uh, feel good about this. This good. is therapy. I feel like puffed up now. Like we could do this. We could take on all the yeah. like wonders of the world. Well, that's. Hey, I had you on the show to gas you up, Kendra. That's that's. <laughs> yeah, go fucking ready. Yeah. Our techno all summer. I'm I'm so about it. Um, my last question. Um, what uh, you want to explain your name change to Kendra Plex from Kendra Amalie? Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, not not much to, not much to think about there. I. I just kind of like how it sounds sci-fi and I like how there's no question about the pronunciation. You know, I, th- I think when saying the name Kendra Amalie with every new person, it's always like stop and like, you know, there's always like a pause in like, how do I pronounce this name? So I did, I didn't, I don't, I just don't like that. You know, it's like a name. You don't want to like stop and think about like how to say the name with like every, you know, it's at, it's literally every person. So it's like a name, forget about it, move on to the next thing. No question on how it's pronounced. And it's a little bit sci-fi. Yeah, exciting. Well, there's Plex in it. Yeah, I. Uh... And it also brings me back to the first time I thought of that name it was actually several years ago. I was having a, a spiritual experience and I saw myself as an infinite being walking through the halls of the Kendraplex, which is just my spiritual identity. And I got a sense of eternal life before and after the present moment. So that was a good vibe. It's the fortress of your soul. If you yeah. yeah. I'd like to stay aligned with that. No concepts in addition to avoiding the hiccup. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that totally. Uh, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being on the show. Um, oh, it's so fun to talk to you. 
yeah um i had a great time i i want to like i hope we can hang out sometime like i think uh it's inevitable yo yeah the gates are opening well i really just dig your your outlook on things and uh you're interested in a lot of the things i'm interested in so we'll definitely have to keep picking our brains here yeah let's let's get this figured out yes let's get all the swans you know ann arbor and all the swans beyond let's get them fed and um create some peace yeah let's let's go uh uh mediate uh these these birds here let's go (laughs) let's go intervene um so as we're closing out I ask everyone the same two questions. The first is, what keeps you up at night? Man, nothing. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I am in bed snoozing. I like, I am on a regular schedule, but I understand the sentiment of this question. And let me see if I can not take it so literally. Some people do, it's okay. um it's just it's too it's too dark I don't even I you know I can't I gotta think of something that's like not too dark and not too literal what keeps me up at night you know the cats if I don't close the door I love cats Mm. I want to I want to get one soon actually I got some for you well those are yours those are they're yours, but I I can come pet them sometime. Okay. Um, the second question is, what puts you to sleep? Yeah, just the just the clock, and you know, getting at least an hour of vigorous exercise in each day, walking or jogging. Sure. Speed walking or jogging. I try to, I live next to Reservoir Park, so I try to walk through there a couple times a week. Um, it's, uh, it's pleasant. I like it. Yeah, I, f- I found that daily exercise is just so crucial to my mental, spiritual, and physical well-being. I can't skip it or I'll be, you know, up all night thinking about crazy shit. Oh, yeah. that's, not, that's not for me. I got things to do during the day. I can't be tired. Right. Think, you know, staying up all night thinking about that stuff. We spend all day thinking about crazy shit. We can't <laughs> yeah. spend all night thinking about it, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I need a break. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Kendra Plex, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. For everyone watching, I'll be uh, tagging a link to Kendra Plex's music uh, so you can check it out. Very excited for her uh, um, exciting uh, experimental dance stuff that she's working on. Guitar, uh, guitar techno. Guitar techno, yes. Yeah. Um, looking forward and to more. that. Yes. Um, <laughs> thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We will see you next time. Thanks.